welcome to cii podcasts hello and welcome to yet another episode of cii podcast series i am vivian fernandez today's topic of discussion is international taxation based erosion and profit shifting beps are the tax planning strategies used by multinational enterprises for tax competitiveness in case of developing countries like india higher reliance on corporate income tax means they suffer from beps disproportionately what measures must be taken to attract global investments improve the coherence of international tax rules and ensure a more transparent tax environment what is digital tax and how does it impact indian and overseas businesses to deconstruct these issues we have with us ms neeru ahuja Ms. Ahuja is global business tax partner in the consultancy firm Deloitte and leads its tax brand and communications team in India. She has more than 25 years of experience in corporate and international taxation. Her key areas of expertise are corporate tax strategy and planning, inbound investment advisory, structuring of cross-border transactions, and litigation support. Ms. Ahuja is also the chairperson of CII's core group on BEPS ma'am it's a delight to have you on this podcast thanks for making the time thank you for having me here ma'am can you explain to us what base erosion and profit shifting uh, is and why countries are concerned about it um, am i right in saying that the tax base gets eroded when multinational uh, enterprises shift their profits to low tax jurisdictions Uh, yes you are right vivian uh, so just to explain the issue at a macro level uh, multinational companies are those uh, which have their businesses being run in various countries and uh, since they are all related parties their associates they all fall within one group uh, they have the ability to decide uh, how to do their transactions internally and obviously if a country has lower tax rates the uh, attraction of that country is higher and the mnc tries to make sure that the profits generated in that country are higher uh, as compared to a country where the tax rates are high so uh, the temptation is to shift the profits to a lower tax jurisdiction and that is called uh, base erosion and profit shifting okay now does it apply only to i mean are the uh, enterprises that do this mainly in the information technology business or or they are they also in other businesses like for example fast moving consumer goods or pharmaceuticals so uh, within the beps applies across industries across sectors uh, even traditional uh, businesses like you mentioned fmcg etc do have uh, the ability to undertake uh, base erosion and profit shifting uh, the problem however has become extremely acute in the case of technology companies as we have seen in the recent times uh, because their products or services are uh, mostly sold through the internet or by way of e-commerce it becomes all the more easier for technology companies to shift the bases of their transactions and shift the profits So I would say it applies irrespective of the sector, but it is more acute in the technology space. Mm-hmm. Um, will Indian companies also come in this ambit? Uh, Indian IT companies, for example, or Indian pharmaceutical companies that have a global footprint? 
Right. So uh, I, I must mention that uh, last year a major development happened uh, about six months ago, where first the G7 group of countries and then the G20 uh, group of countries, which includes India, uh, signed up to uh, approach recommended by OECD, which was called Pillar One and Pillar Two. So there was political consensus, and now almost 130, 140 countries have signed up. Uh, to this, uh, uh, the new rules, and uh, the new rules are in the shape of pillar one and pillar two. They're called pillar one and pillar two rules, and uh, of course, uh, since India has signed up, uh, India has agreed to these rules, and it will have an impact on Indian MNCs also. So, uh, pharma companies, IT companies, even other uh, India outbound uh, companies uh, will uh, all of them will be impacted. Uh, but so will be inbound MNCs. So, for example, US headquartered companies or UK headquartered, everybody, all multinationals above a certain threshold of revenue will be covered. So what what portion of their uh, tax, of their profits will be allocated uh, to uh, countries other than where they're headquartered for uh, taxation and what will be the tax rate? And other other criteria. For example, do those uh, uh, enterprises have to generate at least certain minimum turnover in the countries that are eligible for taxing them? Right. Uh, so let me explain that, uh, and uh, let me explain uh, pillar two first, which is more relevant to your question. Now, uh, pillar two says that a multinational has to pay a minimum of a 15% tax in every country they do business in, right? Therefore, uh, every company will need to evaluate where they are versus this 15% tax rate in that particular country. Uh, if they are actually paying less taxes in a country, then the home country, uh, which in our example is India, India will have to have the right to collect the difference in the taxes uh, between 15%, 15% is the agreed rate of tax, minimum tax, and we compare 15% with the actual taxes paid uh, by the company in that jurisdiction. So for example, uh, if in a country which has lower taxes, uh, our Indian MNC is paying let's say 3% tax. Now the government of India will have the right to collect 15 minus 3, the 12% balance tax uh, will be have to be paid to the Indian government. So I, I'm explaining this at a very high level. Of course, there are lots of nuances and calculations. But so India uh, will be a gainer in that sense uh, from these companies. They will have to pay the balance taxes uh, of uh, over uh, below 15% to the Indian government. Otherwise, the Indian tax rate does not change. Uh, it remains the same. And uh, you also had a question, what is the threshold? Uh, the threshold uh, for these MNCs is uh, that they ha must have a, turn a turnover of uh, 750 million euros. So as a group, uh, if they're doing less than 750 million euros, then the law doesn't apply to them. The intent is to capture very large MNCs. Now, these MNCs have a fo footprint in multiple countries. They generate business in multiple countries. So, what what portion of their um, turnover will be subject to taxation in a particular country? For example, how can India decide 
what portion of an MNC's global turnover will be will it tax? Is there any formula right. for that? Right. So uh, this is uh, detailed in Pillar One, uh, which uh, uh, let me explain a little bit what Pillar One is. Uh, Pillar One gives market countries or market jurisdictions like India uh, the right to tax some portion of the global profits. And the rationale is that uh, if there are very large, for example, technology country uh, companies and they don't have a physical presence in India and therefore India is unable to collect any taxes otherwise. Through this uh, pillar one approach now which is agreed, uh, India will have a taxing right. Now this taxing right will be a portion of the overall global revenues, global profits uh, which are calculated in the headquarter uh, country and uh, profits over and above 10% uh, may get reallocated to some of the market jurisdictions. So pillar one is all about reallocation of taxes collected at headquarter. It is not necessary an additional tax. Uh, it is reallocation of profits collected at head office to the uh, markets where the consumers are based mostly. So uh, again, this is uh, uh, at the moment it is introduced in a limited way. Uh, pillar one's threshold is even higher, right? So only very very large multinationals, and the threshold is uh, uh, twenty billion dollars uh, of turnover, and plus a minimum profit of ten percent. So only very large groups which have a turnover of higher than twenty billion plus profit percentage of higher than 10% will come under Pillar 1 and uh, uh, they will have to declare all their uh, turnover profits in their headquarter and then uh, the headquarter will do the calculation profits over and above 10% they call it the uh, residual profits you know uh, and there will be of course claimants like India so uh, it, it's, it's a good move because it gives India an additional right to tax uh, collect taxes on this. See, I can understand when um, products are sold in a physical form to attribute that sale to a particular country. But let's take the case of software, which we can just download on the internet. Now, you know, how do we attribute the sales that happen through such downloads to a particular country? Is there a way of uh, knowing it or do we have to just rely on what the MNC says? Do we have to take the MNC's word for it? That's a very interesting question and uh, obviously there there will be a lot of underlying accounting and calculation issues. Uh, the MNC of course uh, itself should be aware as to how uh, what sales are happening in each territory. They should have their numbers. Uh, governments will be closely looking at all the numbers they declare and obviously auditing them to whatever extent. Uh, and I, I guess they will put in place uh, checks and balances to ensure that uh, wrong numbers are not being declared. Uh, uh, they have also got, governments also have means to recheck or audit the numbers. Uh, for example, uh, they check the number of customers, you know, they have their own data. So, for example, in India, I could very well imagine uh, the government asking RBI because every remittance is recorded through a banking channel. You know, any payment we make to a foreign company either has to go through a bank account or through a credit card. So uh, perhaps India would uh, cross-verify uh, 
to some extent uh, what are the payments flowing from india uh, of course but the first uh, first level of information will have to come from the company itself so how have how have these uh, mnes uh, multinational corporations how have, how have they re- reacted to it and what are they, what are they doing about it are they okay. are they uh, have they um, made their peace with this kind of taxation <laughs> or are they fighting it right so uh, mnc's i think uh, it's a mixed reaction of course uh, they are very happy for a few things and uh, uh, there is a lot of work they will have to do in addition so uh, in terms of uh, financial outflow like i said pillar one uh, will not lead to additional taxes to be paid it is merely a reallocation so uh, there will not be an extra tax burden to that extent but the second pillar uh, which provides for top up taxes more than uh, you know less than 15% that will lead to uh, additional taxes having to be paid by these mlcs so to that extent they will uh, suffer uh, more financial damages uh, in terms of their reactions uh, i think first thing uh, obviously since all the countries have agreed 130 140 countries have agreed i don't think there's a choice uh, for mnc's now but they are happy that at least the rules are clear there will be certainty uh, there will be less disputes hopefully you know otherwise they were always in the middle of a situation where both the tax authorities wanted higher taxes you know so in a typical for example india europe situation uh, european countries would demand more taxes india would say no this tax belongs to me so uh those disputes perhaps would cease or get uh, mitigated so they are expecting more certainty uh, less disputes but there is a lot of work uh, mncs will have to do in terms of uh, putting the data together accounting uh, compliances they they perhaps there could be a global tax return now they will have to file so this and you know the rules which are coming out from oecd are very very complex uh, there's something totally new it's brand new for everybody around the world so it's all brand new uh, there are volumes of the new tax rules coming out so yes there will be uh, a lot of work which will be going in for compliance and planning of taxes i understand that because of beps base erosion and profit shifting the tax revenues of developing countries were depressed by about 5% and it was lesser in the case of the richer countries the oecd countries is that right is india for instance going to be a benefit net beneficiary from this uh, new arrangement uh, yes it is my belief that india will be a very uh, big beneficiary and in fact uh, india has been asking for these reforms and changes since many years so the indian government stand uh, is actually vindicated uh, through these new rules so uh, in the pillar 1 uh, let, let me just share a number with you which oecd has given uh, they are expecting that in pillar 1 there will be approximately 100 billion dollars which will get reallocated from the headquarter country to the market jurisdictions in totality so that's a rough number they've calculated 100 billion dollars of reallocation and i'm sure india will want a good portion whatever from that under pillar 2 uh, they have made an estimate of 150 which is even higher 150 billion us dollars of taxes of additional taxes will be collected because of pillar 
So pillar one is reallocation of around hundred uh, uh, billion dollars worldwide, and pillar two uh, worldwide they're expecting additional tax collections of hundred and fifty billion dollars. So and when will these uh, kick in? Okay, so uh, as you can imagine, these are uh, totally new rules coming into uh, force. There are lots of uh, meetings, underlying discussions. Which are going on. So and and obviously uh, it is taking time because every country or at least the key countries have to agree. So uh, the draft rules are already out, and uh, they are saying that 2024 uh, will be the time when the actual implementation will start. So uh, what we are doing in the CII BEPS committee is we are making sure our members are aware of what is happening. We keep them up to date. Uh, What is happening? What are the draft rules? How it can impact them? And simultaneously, we are carrying the voice of our members and uh, uh, from the industry back to the government, uh, back to OECD as well. That what are the issues or concerns they see while the rules are being drafted? My understanding is a little hazy, so I would appreciate if you can, if you can clear my mind on this. Will pillar one and pillar two kick in at the same time, or are they sequential? Uh, they are not sequential. They are different uh, rules, and uh, timeline is almost similar. Twenty twenty four for them to kick in. Timeline is also similar, but uh, they are interdependent. They are not dependent. They are not sequential. These are two different things. So uh, whichever comes first will come. Um, but uh, in the next couple of years we are expecting both to kick in mm-hmm. i think as of last uh, year france for example has started uh, leaving what is known as a digital tax on online advertising on uh, uh, services linked to data generated from its internet uh, users is that different from what the oecd is proposing that seems to be more like an indirect tax uh, some kind of a sales tax a gst Uh, while this is a uh, uh, tax on profits uh right so so as i mentioned earlier uh, you know political consensus was not happening this debate has been going on for many years how to uh, put levy digital tax and countries have been in disagreement uh, as to how to do it so while the global consensus was not happening countries started uh, to come out with their own unique unilateral uh taxes and uh, you are giving the france example india did its own version of digital tax 2 years ago uh we called it equalization levy uh, similarly uk and some other asian countries also imposed taxes now since these were unilateral measures in that uh, each country was levying its own tax they have come in different ways uh so some countries have levied a tax on the turnover some are looking at the profits you see why pick up the turnover okay that's also interesting thing why tax the turnover uh, because you rightly saying it's income tax it's only the profits which should get taxed the reason is that the source country or the market country finds it very difficult to get to know what is the profit they can get to know what is the turnover because after all customers sitting in that jurisdiction are buying the products so they can uh, validate or they can look at the turnover turnover is easier to capture as a number uh, but the profits are more complex and are subjective 
so therefore uh, some countries like france decided that we will just tax the turnover at a small rate and that's the simplest and the best way to collect taxes but once the pillar 1 and pillar 2 kick in they will not be able the, the service tax will not cannot be levied i think that's what the oecd is saying yes, there should be no yes, double taxation yes you are absolutely right vivin the countries have agreed that because pillar 1 and pillar 2 are happening now uh, all the unilateral measures all the taxes which countries imposed on digital uh, will have to be taken back will stand abolished uh, but obviously we expect it will take a year or two for everything to get implemented now india taxes foreign uh, companies at the rate of 40% Indian companies are taxed anywhere between 15% and 30%. So, will this tax proposed by OECD affect India's ability to have its own tax rates? Right, that's an interesting question. So, um, as I said, the uh, the domestic tax rates do not change because of pillar one, pillar two, at least for India, because. India's tax rates uh, even today are higher than the 15% uh, minimum global threshold so uh, the pillar 1 pillar 2 will not have a direct impact on our tax rates in any manner however there are countries uh, within who are uh, which had lower than 15 15 or lower they are examining and i'll give you an example which happened two days back Switzerland has suddenly decided to up its tax rate to 15%. So before that they were less than 15% and now they've understood that if they don't collect 15% tax the whole country will get the taxes you see. So uh, consider a situation where an India headquartered MNC has a office in Switzerland and they are paying taxes let's say 10%. So the extra 5% taxes the first right is to Switzerland to impose that tax but if they don't impose india has the right to collect that 5% mm-hmm. so uh, so they've quickly understood this and switzerland has actually declared that they will increase their taxes to 15% mm-hmm. so uh, countries which are lower than 15% may start looking and uh, reviewing their tax rates but ma'am see uh, advanced countries have the conditions Uh, to attract uh, investments but developing countries this have various uh, difficulties they may not be as attractive for various reasons and they might try to compensate for those difficulties by offering some fiscal incentives low taxation rate or you know a tax holiday for some time now will this oecd proposal affect the sovereignty of those countries their ability to offer such concessions So you're right. Uh, some countries are worried, particularly the developing countries, and uh, uh, because the law says uh, it is the effective tax rate you have to look at, and not the national tax rate. So, uh, for example, if the national tax rate is 20 percent, but that country's government is giving a tax holiday, I may be paying in effect a lower taxes, less than 15 percent. So uh, yes, you are right. Uh, uh, developing countries, especially some of the smaller countries, uh, may be concerned. Uh, but uh, I think the, the the train has taken off now. The has left the station now. 
uh and uh, they perhaps will need to understand uh, do some mutual negotiations uh, there are in fact three or four small countries who have not yet signed up to pillar 1 pillar 2 so uh, i guess uh, uh, the countries must evaluate for themselves uh, whether the net their net gainers or net losers uh, from these propositions so but the fact that uh, so many countries have signed up means uh they are net gainers uh, from the whole thing mm-hmm. ma'am is there anything else you would like to say which our audience needs to know which i have not uh, flagged off no thank you uh, we had a wonderful discussion i would just like to mention that uh, india is a signatory india is uh, going along with this pillar 1 pillar 2 rules uh india will be a beneficiary and therefore uh we all uh, taxpayers corporate taxpayers uh, particularly those who have operations in many countries uh, need to be aware need to understand and uh, uh, look forward to uh, changes uh, we may get something in the budget as well uh, uh, announcing this uh, as the laws get formed in india as well ma'am that was a very lucid explanation of a very complex issue it was good talking to you Thank you very much. Thank you so much. I enjoyed the discussion today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to CII podcasts.